You're listening to Jets Crash, a podcast about the New York Jets and their dedication to losing. If you can't beat them, join them. And if you can't join them, quit. We all know the New York Jets stink, and this is the Jets Crash Podcast. With your host, Keith Skobanich. Hello, and welcome to the very first Jets Crash podcast. And boy, I am so excited to do this just right before the football season starts. I am amped because we have a great season coming up, and I can't wait to see the Jets take the field against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, But I got some things that I really, really need to get off my chest. Um, This whole Denzel Mims situation, and if you're not abreast with the situation. Um, It's by far one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life. Um, Denzel Mims is a number two round draft pick from Baylor, and he basically hasn't played the last two seasons. Um, He has a total of uh, 490 receiving yards the past two seasons. Um, he couldn't play last season because he had some tainted salmon. Tainted salmon. He couldn't play because he ate bad salmon. Um, and the Jets actually could have used him, to be perfectly honest. So he can't play. The first season, he's not getting on the field because he doesn't know how to run routes, apparently. Which is fine. You're coming out of college. You've got to learn some new skills. Okay, fine. No big deal. But then he just goes... This preseason, he goes and he has a 100-yard game in the last game of the preseason. And he thinks that's good enough to request for a trade. Are you kidding me? Like, literally, shove another piece of tainted salmon in your mouth. Like, please. Like, who are you to ask for a trade? And I'm so glad. This is how I know we have a good general manager for the first time in forever. He didn't cave to Denzel Mims. Who the hell are you? Dude, just because you're a preseason Cinderella doesn't mean you're going to equate to anything. And, and uh, oddly enough, four teams were interested. I think it was the Seahawks. I can't remember the other three teams. And the guy has, he has all the physical traits you could possibly want from a wide receiver. He's big and he's fast and he's, he's got talent. There's no doubt about it. The guy's got talent. But are you seriously going to request a trade when you can't get it on the freaking field because you have a tummy ache? And I know he should be frustrated. But it shouldn't be about the Jets drafting Garrett Wilson. Yeah, you didn't show up. They put a lot of faith in you those first two seasons, and you did jack. And now you think you're owed something? Like, dude, go learn to run a route. Or maybe learn to run a route from Garrett Wilson. 
and I'm and I'm so glad that he's going to be riding the bench. Like, like it's probably actually the best thing for him if you really think about it. Like he needs to ride the bench to get put in his place. Like if you don't earn your spot, then you're not going to play. And this is a new Jets team. We're not going to deal with that. Although, I do have to, later on in this episode, I have to talk about something that is sort of, you know, uh, nepotism of sorts. But I'm proud that RGM has finally, that we have a GM that makes moves that makes moves that make sense. Like, that is all you could possibly want from a GM. Look at the Jaguars GM. He has done nothing smart. Nothing that makes sense. He's done things. They don't make sense. Really? Signing Christian Kirk to a huge deal? The guy is a fine and okay wide receiver, but not to a huge deal. What was it? I can't even remember now. I got to look it up because it's going to bother me. Oh, yeah. A four-year, $72 million deal. And that's not even including what Zay Jones. Oh, yeah. Zay Jones got a three-year, $24 million deal. So, yeah. You know what? I applaud you, Joe Douglas. I do. I really do. Because for once in my life, I have a GM... That makes moves that make sense. Like signing Dwayne Brown. That made a ton of sense. That's all I want from my GM is to make moves that make sense. I mean, is it is it it's unbelievable that this is a hard thing for to find in the NFL. But like I said, Denzel Mims, who are you? There's no reason you should be requesting a trade. Like, give me a break, dude. Give me a break. You're a nobody. You have 500 yards on your career. How about you put up a 800-yard season and then get back to me? Oh, you're sad because Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore are in front of you. Hey, I hate to break it to you. Braxton Berrios is in front of you. Do something about it. I don't know. Earn some reps. But, yeah, there were a series of cuts down to the 53-man roster. Um, and I know this is old news because, you know, I haven't released a podcast in my first episode, so deal with it. If you don't like it, whatever. Um, Tevin Coleman was cut. Okay. Uh, you know what? There's all this hype around Brees Hall anyway. He's going to be the first down back, the first and second down back. Probably could do third down reps as well, but Michael Carter will earn some time there. And then you have Ty Johnson. That's a solid running back core. I mean, you know, I mean, they all have some sort of potential there, which is more than you could say. Um, the only guy that I'm really, really upset about that got cut was Bradley Anae because that guy looked like he looked like he should have earned a spot. Like he looked great in the preseason. Um, but there's so many defensive ends on this team and all defensive linemen that they had there. It was bound. It was just a matter of time before he got cut. Um, you know, and it's also strange that, uh, and I think the, the, I think the worst roster cut is Jason Pinnock. 
The guy played serviceably last year. Um, did he light the world on fire? No. But let's be honest here. Ashton Davis is doing nothing. This guy, this is what I mean by nepotism. This is Joe Douglas's nepotism. Like, honestly, he, the only, this is the one move that I really question. They, it's clearly based on where he was drafted and not production. Because Ashton Davis has been really, really bad. Um, he has had a couple interceptions, I think, but nothing to blow the lid off. And then, of course, you let go of Jason Pinnock, and who does he go to? The New York Giants. Of course, of course. I mean, the Giants need all the help they could get. Good for them. And it's actually not a position that they need a ton of. Well, they need help everywhere, but. I just can't. I, that's the one move where I, uh, Joe Douglas left me scratching my head. It didn't make any sense. And it's clearly like a value proposition for him. He spent that draft pick on Ashton Davis. He's going to force this to work, give him another year to try to figure it out. And look, he there are some plays he makes that he looks impressive. And um, he could clearly, if he could learn how to tackle, you know, maybe he could put something together. But he hasn't learned. He's a track star. That's what he is. He's just a track star right now. He doesn't know how to tackle. But I'm looking forward to the season. I really am. I'm very excited. The Jets are going to be taking on the Baltimore Ravens in game one. And what more could you really ask for? Because this is going to be the litmus test. You know what? If they win this game, if the Jets win this game, they're going to shock the world and they're going to show people that they're for real. And listen, the Bengals game last year where Mike White started and then won the game was proof that we're on the right track. Meeting the Tennessee Titans is proof that we're on the right track. This is the most exciting football I've seen in a long time, and I know they had a terrible record last year, but they're improving. Listen, you might not love Zach Wilson. You might not. You don't have to. He's shown glimpses of stuff. He's shown the ability to throw the ball, put the ball in the right place. Do the stats back that up? No. Has he been perfect? Far from it. But I can't say that it's been all bad with him. And this is what bo- this is what bothers me. This is really what bothers me about this. You draft a guy number two. Okay. Everyone knew going into this that he was going to be a project. They were saying it from day one that Zach Wilson has the highest upside, but he's going to be a project. It's going to take time to get him to where he needs to be. So why all of a sudden are we surprised that he needs time? Listen, this shouldn't be his make or break year. I hate to break it to you. Unless he gets severely injured, it's his year two. You need to at least give him his third year. If by year three, he's not showing enough, then fine. It's time to move on. It's time to figure out another plan. I agree. But this guy showed so much promise. How are you going to move on from him? How are you going to... How are you going to sell him short and not give him time to develop when you knew he, he, he was going to take time to develop? 
And I love everything the Jets have done. They put pieces around the quarterback. I mean, what else could you want? You get a running back. You get a number one wide receiver. You have Elijah Moore, who's another great, who's looking really promising. He was, I think, I believe he, in the last, like, four games of the season, he was in the top five in receiving categories. It's unbelievable. I think only, like, Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup were better than him. That's crazy. So, um, things are looking up for a Jets fan for once. I know, like, Keith, why did you name this podcast the Jets Crash Podcast? Podcast. Because it's just, a, it, you know, you know, we're, we're used to this. We're used to losing. We're used to being this losing culture. We're used to being joked about. And listen... You can't, you can't fight the history. Unfortunately, we have been losers for a long time. It's true. When our top five quarterbacks include Mark Sanchez, you know you haven't had a good career. Had a good, uh, you don't have a great history, should I say. Not a good career. I think that's all for me today. Well, hopefully this season is the start of some new history. Some some all gas, no break history. And I'm hopeful that this is going to be a good season. I'm hopeful. I have hope. I I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not excited about Joe Flacco becoming the quarterback. I'm not. Uh, the last thing I want to see is Joe Flacco on his quarterback. Why do I want another Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't care what anyone says. I don't want another Ryan Fitzpatrick. If they, if Flacco, let's say, let's say Zach Wilson got hurt and then Joe Flacco led them to the playoffs, I would not be happy about that. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I would be happy that we had won, but I know that it's just, it's just the writing's on the wall with Joe Flacco. He's not going to win us a Super Bowl. His ceiling is maybe playoffs, okay? He's not going to win us a Super Bowl. Those days are over. And honestly, they were... <laughs> I'm surprised he did it in the first place. And I gotta, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a Joe Flacco hater. I really am. I, 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 I don't like the guy. I, I never thought he was that great of a quarterback. I thought he was overrated. Um, you know, I could see why it was an easy transition to Lamar Jackson. I could see why. I mean, Lamar Jackson made it easy. But Joe Flacco is, he's one bad game away from being Mark Sanchez. That's what I think. Anyway, on the next episode, I'll break down Jets Ravens. So stick around for that. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of the Jets Crash Podcast. Thank, 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 thanks for listening to the Jets Crash Podcast. Tune in next week and every week for the Jets Crash Podcast. The New York Jets suck, but at least they're trying. 